Welcome to the Woman Warriors Podcast, where we're working to help you call a truce with your anxiety. The information in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. Now, here's your host, Elizabeth Cush, LCPC. Welcome back to the Woman Warriors podcast. I am really excited about my guest today, Vidyamala Birch. I have taken a mindfulness class through her organization, Breathworks, and I've read her books, a couple of her books, and I just am really excited to share our conversation today. I am a little, maybe getting a little geeked out about that she's going to be on the podcast, so I hope you enjoy the conversation as much as I did. I just want to uh, recognize that the sound quality for my voice is not great. I I think I recorded quite a few episodes not realizing my microphone wasn't working properly, but I have fixed that. It's just there's still some episodes out there that were recorded on the bad mic. Originally from New Zealand, Vidya Mala sustained life-changing spinal injuries in her teens. Over 30 years ago, she started exploring mindfulness and meditation to help her manage her pain and disability, and she's been a dedicated practitioner since that time. In 2001, she started running mindfulness courses and in 2003 co-founded Breathworks, an internationally successful organization dedicated to offering mindfulness and compassion to people suffering from pain, illness, and stress. There are now nearly 500 Breathworks teachers in over 35 countries. Vidya Mala teaches and speaks internationally, and she specializes in mindfulness and compassion retreats and workshops. She is also the co-author with Danny Penman of the best-selling Mindfulness for Health, a Practical Guide to Relieving Pain, Reducing Stress, and Restoring Well-Being. Here in the U.S., it's published as You Are Not Your Pain. In 2014, this won first prize in the British Medical Association Book Awards in the Popular Medicine category for clinical books aimed at the general public. In 2008, she wrote Living Well with Pain and Illness, The Mindful Way to Free Yourself from Suffering. And in 2016, she co-authored with Claire Irvin, Mindfulness for Women, Declutter Your Mind, Simplify Your Life, Find Time to Be. She's also published a number of guided meditation CDs and DVDs that are available at her website, breathworks-mindfulness.org.uk, and has meditations and courses on the Simple Habit and Insight Timer apps. Vidya Mala was kind enough to offer us a link to the meditations associated with her book, Mindfulness for Women. You can find the link in the show notes at womanwarriors.com, episode 60. I hope you will enjoy my conversation with Vidya Mala. We're going to talk about her book, Mindfulness for Women, and ways that you can incorporate more mindfulness into your daily life and why that's important. Let's get started. 
Hi, Vidyamala. Thank you so much for joining us on the Woman Warriors podcast. It's a real pleasure to be here and thanks so much for inviting me. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk to you. I think I told you this at least via email that I think the first time I came across your work was uh, the Mindfulness Summit um, in 2015. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, where all the speakers came and it was just so I think that was really uh, my introduction to mindfulness uh, as well, just to really get a sense of what it was and how to practice it in my life. But um, And then I went on to sort of research you a little bit more, and I took one of your courses. And so it's super exciting for me to have you on the podcast. Uh, well, that's really wonderful to hear. And as I say, it's a real pleasure to be here. The listeners, yeah. Yeah. So could you tell us a little bit about you and what got you started doing the work that you do? Okay. Yeah. So, uh, well, my name's Vidyamala, obviously, and mm-hmm. um, I'm the fo- a co-founder of an organization called Breathworks, and we teach mindfulness for pain, illness, and stress. Mm-hmm. And we both run courses and we also do teach training pathway. And uh, this very much grew out of my own life experience. Mm -hmm. So I I first started running courses back in 2000, 2001. And that was on the back of having already meditated for about 15 years by then. Um, And that was on the back of having had a spinal injury as a teenager. Mm -hmm. Um, So I very much came to this world through my own sort of personal uh, struggles with living with pain and disability. Yeah. And uh, re- really knowing and finding out that my mind could be a tremendous tool to help me manage that suffering. Mm, yeah. And it's amazing to me how our minds can either make us suffer more or help us in the suffering. I mean, that is something that I've really learned. I struggle and have throughout my life with, at times, pretty debilitating anxiety and mindfulness has really sort of opened up just possibilities of living differently, and it's been super great. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's very interesting what you say, that our minds can either work against us or work for us, and I think that's very, very true. You know, we we have uh, researchers show something like 30,000 to 70,000 thoughts a day, and uh, 95% of those thoughts we've had before, so we've got the same old stuff looping around. <laughs> and if we're not aware, if we haven't learned how to work with our minds, something like 75% of those thoughts are negative, which is very, very interesting. You know, that, yeah. that as, as human beings, we've evolved to have the capacity to think, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. But actually, for most of us, most of the time, our thought processes are not helpful. You know, they're, they're more based on trying to avoid threat, trying to avoid danger. They yeah. happen to difficult uh, situations. We, we overthink, we ruminate and so on. Yeah. And I think it can be very kind of reassuring to hear those stats so that if, if one's got anxiety or thinking it doesn't feel very helpful, well, guess what? That's normal. That's human. Yeah. Um, but we also have the potential to train our minds and to begin to shift that percentage of positive to negative. Um, learn to um, I don't really like the word control because we're not learning to kind of control our minds in a in a sort of heavy way but we're learning to have the initiative uh, in relation to what our minds get up to and that's you know remarkably liberating for people 
Yeah. Well, I love that um, the, I guess the subtext or the subtitle of your book, Mindfulness for Women, is Declutter Your Mind, Simplify Your Life, and Find Time to Be. And I think it's so hard to, so hard and yet, I guess, simple if you take the time to be more mindful to declutter your mind. That's right. Yes. I mean, our minds can feel like the spin cycle of the washing machine, can't they? Just go oh, my gosh. <laughs> and uh, yeah, to, uh, you know, decluttering is quite in vogue, I think, at the moment. It is. It is. In terms of one's home. But yeah, we can do the same thing in terms of our inner world. You know, yeah. we've got all these rooms inside us and they're just full of junk. Yes. But we, can, yes. we can get in there and we can begin to bring some space and bring some clarity and bring some light in. Yeah. And, uh, you know, who, who doesn't want that? Yeah. And so how can mindfulness help with that decluttering? How does mindfulness provide that space to, yeah, not focus on all the negative or choose how to approach when we are feeling negative? Well, I think a very simple translation of the word mindfulness is awareness. That's the most simple. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, as human beings, we do have the capacity to be aware of how we're feeling physically, what we're experiencing emotionally and what we're thinking. So we have this ability to, um, sometimes called metacognition. So we're able to, if you like, turn our awareness back and look at what's going on inside the inner world. I mean, that's mm-hmm. an incredible skill that we have. Yeah. And mindfulness is training us to harness that skill. So mindfulness... Um, if you like, mindfulness is the quality we're trying to bring into our lives, which is awareness. And then meditation is the training. Mm. So meditation is a, a very, very effective way to, to carve out time in our lives where we sit still and, you know, you can do different meditation practices with different structures. But they're all designed to begin to um, harness awareness so we're no longer kind of victim of what's going on internally, but the, 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 the behavioral outcome, if you like, of meditation and mindfulness is to live with choice. Yeah. So rather than just reacting to situations, mindfulness inserts a little pause and we're able to, to, know, what's, to you know what's happening. So say you're very, very anxious. Mindfulness uh, is the ability to, to, to pause a minute and think, wow, I'm really, really anxious right now. And to recognize that one has choices in that moment about how to respond to that anxiety. Mm-hmm. And it might be simply to cultivate body awareness. Because yes. an, another thing that's quite remarkable about the way we're wired up is that we can't be experiencing sensations in the body directly, like really knowing what we're feeling um, immediately not thinking about the feelings in the body but actually feeling the feelings in the body we can't be doing that and lost in thinking and anxiety in ex- at exactly the same moment we might bounce straight back into it in the next moment so then we just bring the mind back to the body we bounce off we come back we bounce off we come back and that is the training and then very gradually what we we cultivate new habits where resting deeply in the body becomes a, a place of of resource a place of stillness, a place of stability. And then the mind, you know, will keep going off, but you just keep on bringing it back. It's a little bit like training a dog. Yeah. The dog runs off and you call it back. The dog runs off and you call it back. Um, so in a way, what you're doing is you're shifting from being identified with the content of thoughts of anxiety to being more identified with awareness itself. 
Mm. So you're able to rest in the awareness itself and then you see the content, you can observe the content coming through the mind. But an image for that is you, you allow the content of the mind to be like clouds in the sky and yeah. they're just passing through the sky of the mind rather than being completely over-identified and sort of jumping onto the content and getting carried away. Yeah, yeah. There's a quote from your book about, you know, just how body awareness can be helpful in a mindfulness practice or is, you know, really a core part of it. And so I'm going to just read a quote, if that's okay. Lovely. Yes, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, you say, day to day, many of us spend so much time inside our heads that we can almost forget that we have a body and easily lose all sense of it. However, this comes at a high price. Your body is a part of who you are and you can't become truly mindful if you're alienated from it. That's right. Yes. You know, it's, it's sometimes the body can just seem like this annoying thing that you're dragging through your life. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's, it's an essential part of who we are, you know, that, that, it's the heart it's it's yeah. life it's the lungs it's yeah your breath movement you know, everything everything comes out of the body so this whole idea that somehow the body's just a bit of a nuisance and the head's where everything interesting take place takes place that's a very damaging perspective to have yeah yeah and to be really in tune with your body just opens up the experience of mindfulness in such a different way i mean if you're tuning into all your sensory information like you're tuning into your body. What are you seeing and smelling? What is happening now instead of what's going on inside your head? Exactly. And, the, and you, can, you can never only experience those senses right now. You know, a, a thought of a future, uh, of smelling a rose in the future, that's just a fantasy. <laughs> right. Or a memory of smelling a rose in the past, that's a memory. The only time you can experience the rose directly is right now. So mindfulness is all about trying to be much more present, much more awake, mm -hmm. um, to have a much more multidimensional experience of each moment. Yeah. And, this, and sense impressions is a very important sort of anchor to that uh, ex whole experience. Yeah. Well, and I love that you, in the book, where you talk about how, yes, you know, being present-minded and present-focused is really important, but that meditation is also a part of this practice because well, not only does it help you tune into your body, but it helps you tune into the present moment of what you're experiencing. And I find that, well, with the clients that I work with, you know, I'm a therapist and work with a lot of anxious people and they'll say, well, yeah, I can be mindful, but meditation, mm, just not for me. <laughs> yeah. like, but it would, and of course I want to say, you know, yeah, I get that, but there are lots of ways to be meditative. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be sitting in silence, which is, I think, what a lot of people think. Yeah, I mean, I think that, that it's good to be creative. For example, one can do very, very short kind of micro-meditations you can just stop, you know, whatever you're doing, just stop for one minute, two minutes, three minutes, feel your feet on the floor, drop your awareness inside your breathing, let your mind just relax a little bit. You know, you can even feel your brain relaxing a little bit sometimes. Yes. Because when we're very anxious, we're just com completely swept away, aren't we? So you just, uh, that pause is an interruption to that kind of cascade of anxiety. Yeah. And you just pause, breathe. Um, there's, a, there's a lovely expression that's used in the Mindfulness in Schools project over here mm -hmm. for the kids, and it's called FOFBOC, F-O-F-B-O-C. 
Mm. And it means feet on floor, bum on chair. <laughs> I love that. So the teacher <laughs> said to the kids, fluff box, feet on floor, bum on chair. <laughs> and as soon as you do that, you're no longer completely swept away by anxiety. Mm. You're aware that you're anxious rather than being anxiety. And that, that's a very, very big distinction. Yes. So, you know, I'm, I'm a great advocate of meditation. I think that in some ways, you know, if, you, if you're going to seriously become mindful, then learning to sit with your own mind, that is important. But you don't need to do it for an hour. You don't need to do it for 20 minutes. You know, do it for whatever you can tolerate initially and then gradually build it up. Yeah. I'm also a huge fan of the body scan meditation. Oh, such which, a great thing. Yeah, and, you know, you can do that lying down. You can do it on your bed. And it can be very, very pleasurable. Mm-hmm. And I think if one's very anxious, you know, just stopping and lying down and being guided through the body, that can be a, it can be a pleasurable activity. It doesn't need to be, oh my God, this is so hard. I can't do it. Yeah. And I think that the body scan for people who are very out of tune with their bodies is such a great meditation to help you learn how to tune into. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, because you're guided through all the different parts of the body and you're learning to be aware of them directly. So you're not looking in on the body uh, with a bird's eye view, but you're inhabiting the body. You're right inside the body. And that can be a great revelation for people. Mm -hmm. And I think the thing, too, that I think is so powerful about it is that, I mean, you know, I've done some of the body scans that you have guided, but I think in general they tend not to be about like, okay, now relax that part of your body. You're just noticing what's happening in that part of your body. Like maybe there is pain or maybe there is some muscle tension, but you're just becoming aware of it without sort of judging yourself like this should be different. Exactly. So, yeah, so we generally don't call it a relaxation practice because often people then think they should be able to relax and they fail if they can't relax and so on. But relaxation is very often an outcome. Yes. But the actual practice, you're just cultivating awareness of what's actually happening. And I haven't yet met anyone that when they became aware of a lot of tension in their belly, say, Mm -hmm. that they thought, oh, I'm tense in my belly, so I know I'll make it even more tense. (laughs) <laughs> we don't do that. You know, we've, we're, all of us have got this underneath kind of longing for stillness and ease. Mm-hmm. So when you become aware of tension in your belly, it's almost instinctive to just soften a little bit, yeah. ease it a little bit, even if it comes back the next moment. So you're, you're kind of, you're using that deep longing that we all have as your kind of um, orientation, I guess, in the practice. Mm-hmm. And then in the actual practice, to simply being aware. And then, as I say, if you become aware of tension, Generally speaking, there will be a natural kind of little softening that happens, but you're not trying to soften. You're not trying to relax because then that just becomes another effortful thing that you, you, can, you can judge yourself harshly about. Right. But it's much more that it will happen quite naturally if you're just aware in this kind of gentle and curious way. Mm, yeah. I tend to, uh, I'll share a little bit of my personal experience here. I tend to get anxious on Sundays, I guess, just knowing the work week is coming up and it's been something that I've been working on in my own therapy, but just personally through meditation. And yesterday I was holding all this tension just in one shoulder and down an arm. And I sat just with it for a while and just quietly kind of tuning into just the whole body too. So then noticing it was actually traveling down to my hand and sort of trying to get curious about it. 
and just, you know, I think I sat for five minutes maybe. And then it began to ease on its own as I became more curious and explored it without my intention of like, I'm going to make this relax. It really yeah. was not that. And it was super helpful. That's very interesting. That's such a great example. Yeah. Of, uh, but the, the important thing there is that you stopped and you became curious without judgment yeah. and you just allowed something different to arise mm-hmm. uh, without forcing it in any way or indeed having any expectations of what would happen. Yeah. yeah. So um, I've been, I haven't finished, but I have been reading your book, the Mindfulness for, for Women book decluttering your mind, simplify your life and find time to be. What inspired you to write a book? I know you've written other books, but really gearing this toward women. Why Why that? Well, it's interesting. Yes, I have written other books and they've been health oriented, um, working with chronic pain and so on, drawing on my own experience. Mm-hmm. And in fact, it was my publisher approached me quite interesting and she said they'd had this idea of a book mindfulness for women and would I be interested in writing that Mm. um so I thought about it for a little while and then I thought yes I would I'd be very interested in writing that and I think it's I come from New Zealand um and strong women are it's quite a part of the whole New Zealand culture is strong Mm. pioneering women Mm. And uh, and I come from a, a, a long line of strong pioneering women. My mother was very strong. My grandmother was very strong. New Zealand was the country where women first got the vote. Oh wow! And that, that feels significant to me. So I've always I've always really believed in the potential of women. And of course, I am a woman. Yeah. So uh, I want to do everything I can to enable women to feel powerful, to feel strong, to feel that they can. Um, you know, seize the moment with their own minds, their own bodies and so on. Um, so I did it in a way paying homage to my ancestry, oh, nice. paying, paying homage to my mother, my grandmother, my sisters, mm-hmm. um, my schooling. I had, you know, I had teachers at school that mm-hmm. in, back in the 70s who said, as a woman, you can do anything you want. That's you know, great. fantastic um, very, very empowering messages Messages that I've been lucky enough to receive in my life. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought it would be a really nice thing to do, to kind of uh, um, recognise, honour, respect what I've received in my life and try to pass that on to other, other women mm-hmm. who also want to, um, you know, really maximise their potential in their lives, whatever their situation is. Yeah, yeah. And... Um... I loved how it's you've included, a, you know, um, I forget her name, Eau Claire's sort of insight to what it's like yes. for her to yeah. experience this as she goes through the practice. Yeah, that was really fascinating. So I, I wrote it with a journalist, Claire mm-hmm. Irvin, and mm-hmm. she was a complete newbie. She'd never done mindfulness. Very, very busy, sort of high-functioning journalist and author in her spare time. Mm-hmm. Two small children. And um, the the journey also documents her journey. Yeah. The, the book documents her journey of learning mindfulness. And she's very funny, very honest, very open. And it was yeah. very moving working with her. I bet. I bet. And just her, I loved her honesty. I was like, I forget one of the entries was like, okay, I've done this for three days in a row now. And I'm, I'm not really sure what I'm getting out of this. <laughs> and just yeah. humorous, yeah, yeah. very. But then, you know, as she continues... Like, 
really surprising herself at how powerful that practice. That's right. I mean, she got a lot from it, and yeah. which which is also interesting because she she was doing it because because she had to because she was writing a book with me. You know, it wasn't like yeah. she thought I really need mindfulness. Right. Um, you know, she just had. To, I said to her, "If you're going to write a book with me, you absolutely have to do it." Mm. And uh, and we both felt this would be a really fascinating dimension for the reader. Yes. To, to see her journey but it was very moving seeing what she got from it how her self-view changed her self-image changed the way she related to her family yeah. the kids yeah fascinating absolutely fascinating yes well interestingly um i think the thing about stress and anxiety i don't think that when we're in it we don't recognize how disconnected we are from the people in our lives the people we're close to like uh, i think that because when we're so stressed out and anxious like we're so stuck in our head and not very present and that's right yeah yeah and and i mean i know <laughs> i'm just gonna talk about my dog here for a minute like the days that i walk in the house and i'm sort of just coming in from work and I'm, I've got this email that I need to answer and I'm looking at my phone and he is just running circles around my feet with his toy going, pay attention to me, pay attention to me, attention. <laughs> you know, wagging his tail and I am nowhere and all of a sudden I'll be like, okay, hold on. So I put my phone down, I go outside, I play with him, but just that presence, like it, it allows him to calm down. It makes me happy too because we're connecting and having fun, but uh, it can happen with people in your life too. Oh, uh, without a doubt. Yeah. And, you know, we're affecting people around us all the time. Yeah. If we're anxious, we're having an effect on them. And if we're calm, we're having an effect on them. Yes. And vice versa, you know, we're picking up their mm -hmm. moods and so on as well. Absolutely. So, so a friend of mine, I really love this expression. She was talking about why she practiced meditation, why she practiced mindfulness. Mm -hmm. And she said it's because she wants to be safer to be around. Mm. She wants to be a safer person to be around, meaning that people who come into contact with her, what they're going to get is something um, beneficial, something positive, a, a, a present interaction, yeah. a sense of engagement and so on, rather than, you know, we can be quite destructive, can't we? We can yeah. be a destructive influence or we can be a safe, beneficial influence. Mm. And really it is down to us. Wow. Yeah, and I think that came through in Claire's journey quite strongly how she was able to engage in a more immediate and direct way with people in her life yeah. on, the, on the back of practicing mindfulness. Yeah, yeah, very cool. So if there was someone in the listening audience that hasn't really begun a mindfulness practice, even after listening to my podcast where I talk about mindfulness all the time, but they would like to get started and what do you have any tips or suggestions that you feel like would be important for them? I think the the main thing is to um, be led. I think that's important. It's very, very hard just to do it on one's own. I mean, yes. uh, like in my book, there's there's audio tracks that go with the book, so that's helpful, I think. Mm -hmm. CD or you can download the audio tracks. Yeah. But I think just trying to do it completely on one's own is, is difficult. Yes. I so, you know, f find a place where you can get some guidance. Um, on, on my book, there's a, it's an eight-week program that you can go through on your own. Um, every now and then I do an, an online course uh, mm -hmm. based on Mindfulness for Women. 
So if you if you want to register for the next course, you could email me on vidyamala at breathworks.co.uk and then I can add you to the list and that, and that can be a lovely thing to do. Nice. There's apps, lots of apps out there now. Insight Timer is a good app and I've got quite a lot of meditations on Insight Timer. Yeah. There's an app called Calm. There's mm-hmm. Headspace. Headspace yeah. is very popular. Yeah. Uh, and in some ways, I think the main thing is you just start. You find something, you find some kind of audio recording that works for you and you start the journey. Um, on, on the Breathworks, the Breathworks is a company that I founded and on the Breathworks website, there's some online courses that, that you can do. There's an online mindfulness for stress. There's an online mindfulness for health. Mm-hmm. So if you go to the Breathworks website, which is breathworks-mindfulness.org.uk, uh, you'll find those courses on the website. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, a course is good because you're doing it for a particular period of time with a teacher. Um, you can get that guidance. Yeah. Yeah. And I can speak to, I did the mindfulness for health and yeah, there's a teacher, there is group interaction, you know, there's a way to, you know, post questions and get answers. And if you're struggling, like the teachers are there to help, which is really nice. Yeah. And I think that is very, very, very helpful, isn't it? Because even if you're doing it from an app, it's just you and the app. Right. If you've got a teacher who's supporting you through, through the program Mm -hmm. online, so you can do it anywhere. Um, we, the feedback we get is that's much, much more effective for people. Yeah. Well, and it keeps you, uh, accountable in some ways, you know, and I know that, you know, we don't want to be adding more to our to-do list, but it's easy to, uh, it's harder to keep yourself accountable, I guess. It is. It's much harder. And and let's not kid ourselves. Meditation can be quite hard. Yeah. No, it's, yeah. it's, 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 you're sitting with your own mind, you're disciplining yourself, yeah. you're taking time out. All these things can be hard. And I think as women, you know, we can be very um, concerned about all the people around us, caring for all the people around us and so on, which is a great quality to have. Mm-hmm. But it means that we can sometimes be less concerned with our own well-being, That's or we can, right. we can think we haven't got the time. Well, I, I'm saying to you, please make the time. Yeah. You know, it's, it's the old story of of when you're on an aeroplane they do the safety instructions and they say when the gas mask falls down look after yourself first and then your child because yeah. you're no use to your child if you've died right and i think likewise in life you know we need to spend time looking after ourselves and resourcing ourselves if we really want to be their fathers yep and i would say that is the one the biggest uh, block for people, I would say that I've heard is like, I don't have the time. Exactly. Like, this exactly. is the time for you. Like yeah. make the time. Exactly. And we're talking about, you know, a lot of my practices, 10 minutes, mm-hmm. about 10 minutes. Um, I mean, if I think during my day, the amount of time that I waste, <laughs> I can think I don't have time. I can make 10 minutes. Yeah. 10 most, minutes. Most people can make 10 minutes if they really set their minds to it. So I, I, I hear that as well. Yeah. And I completely get it. And I'm usually quite challenging <laughs> that particular excuse. <laughs> I just say to people, well, make the time, you know, yeah. if, you really, if you really, and, and for myself, mm-hmm. my motivation is I want to be a force for good in the world. I want to be safe. I want to be beneficial to others. Yeah. So if I'm making time just so that I feel a bit better, that's not nearly as motivating for me as making the time so that all my interactions can be improved so that I can, use my life well 
um, in my relationships with others. So for me, the, the real motivation is the, is the connection with others, actually. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, the added advantage is that I'm also happier. Well, that's great. <laughs> that's an added bonus. It is. <laughs> sort of personal happiness, sometimes it's not enough of a motivation for us. It's nice, but yeah. we can think, well, I can be happy lying on my bed, playing on my computer or whatever. Yeah. But it's a different sort of happiness, you know, that deep peace, deep contentment, deep fulfillment through feeling that, yeah, I'm using my time wisely, I'm using my mind wisely, and I'm connecting with other people in a helpful and beneficial way. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to read one more quote uh, from your book, and uh, then we'll get to how people can find you. So you say, a mindfulness approach to life is also a less lonely path to travel. It teaches you how to be your own best friend. It enables you to tap into your own self-compassion and come not just to like yourself, but love yourself too. That's not necessarily an easy concept to grasp, but when you love yourself, you'll find loving other people becomes easier. You will improve not just your emotional intelligence, but your romantic, vocational, and social relationships. And who doesn't want help with any of or all of those things? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Oh, I was nice hearing that back because that's, that's what I've been saying, isn't it? You know, it is. It improves everything. It and, does. And I think as women, we can, we can, you know, if we're thinking, oh, I haven't got the time because I'm too busy looking after everyone else. Well, then if you understand, I'll be better at yes. looking after everyone else if I make the time. Yes. Then yeah. that, that could be very helpful, I think. Right. And if I'm coming at helping them from this grounded place where I'm, where I'm okay, then, yeah, it makes those relationships better, but it also gives you that energy and strength to help them in them more. Of course. Yeah. yeah. It's a total win-win situation. Yeah. So, yeah. So I know you mentioned your website, but if you could say that again, so where, how people can find you and your books and your work and your classes, all of that. Okay, so I've got a personal website, which mm -hmm. is vidyamala-birch.com. That's B-U-R-C-H.com. Mm -hmm. And that's got loads of stuff on it. It's got a lot of resources as well, lots of talks um, and so on. So you can go, you can go to that. Mm -hmm. And then the company that I founded is called Breathworks. So that's breathworks-mindfulness.org.uk. And that's got a wealth of stuff as well about mindfulness, about teacher training and so on. And if you, if you want to know more about these online courses, you go to the Learn Mindfulness menu. And then it's got Mindfulness for Health courses. And that's got this online group course that you mentioned that you've done yourself, which is great. Yep. And then there's Mindfulness for Stress courses, including online courses. Yeah. Nice. Very so if you go to either of those websites, there's tons of stuff there. Awesome. And yeah. And then I, oh, go ahead. And then I've also got uh, a meditations on the Insight Timer app. And I've got a course, actually, a 10-day course on Insight Timer, which is methods for managing pain and illness. So oh, if there's cool. any listeners with pain and illness, they could, they could check that out as well. Yes, because we didn't even touch on that, mindfulness and <laughs> chronic pain, which is another whole topic for conversation. But yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. Another day. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Well, um, I will include all the links to your uh, contact information in the show notes. And um, I really so appreciate your taking the time to talk to me today. 
Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. And thank you so much for inviting me. Mm, thank you. Yeah, Lovely. Thanks for tuning in again this week. Uh, this conversation with Vidya Mala was really uh, meaningful for me. And I hope that you were able to take something away from it for yourself as well. Don't forget to check out the meditations associated with her book, Mindfulness for Women. A link is provided in the show notes at womanwarriors.com, episode 60. And I hope that this week you have a mindful, aware week, enjoying connections with others in a mindfully conscious way. Ciao for now from this woman warrior. Thanks for listening and subscribing to the Woman Warriors podcast. Music was written and performed by Andy Cush. If you'd like more information on this episode, you can find the show notes, the resources shared today, and links to the guests' profiles at womanwarriors.com.